0: Hello. Here we are again, Barry. I cannot believe it. Tradey Business School podcast. We love these days where we get to connect and uh, talk about all things, how to run your trades uh, business more profitably, easily, and uh, more enjoyably. So great topic today, generating profit versus building wealth. It's a concept I don't think that many business owners really consider. Uh, You know, they're stuck in the do, and I wonder if uh, all of you listeners are out there thinking, you know, you're busy uh, and you're doing and I've got so much to do and you're running that hamster wheel (laughs) and and doing these things. This is a great conversation. We were talking about it before. What is one of the biggest things you notice in business owners around this concept, Barry?
1: Well, I I guess the first question that i would ask it's something for for everyone listening to consider is like what is the purpose of your business Mm. what is the purpose now although there might be a purpose around like contribution or making a difference or you know creating an impact in the world your business actually has several purposes and one of the core purposes of every business needs to be producing profitability right? If you have a business that's not producing profitability and cash profit, not just paper profit, it's not going. It's not sustainable, right? Especially in an increasing economy, there's going to be a point in time where you can no longer sustain the growth of that company because you're not producing the cash to feed it. Hmm. Businesses feed on cash, right? And they feed on time to a degree, and they feed on intellectual property and thoughts and decisions and so forth. Yeah. What I feel important to speak about today is this concept that I started to pick up a little bit when I first read, I'm just looking at the book here actually on the shelf, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Love that book. And he talks about the quadrants and the, I can't remember off the top of my head, it was so long ago that I read it, but those quadrants around moving from being like an employee where essentially you're trading your time for money to being a, a business owner where there's no limitation on time equals money. Now, think about it right now. Most trades businesses and possibly yourself listening to this is working on an exchange of time for money, all right? The problem with that is, is there's a cap. Now, when I first started coaching, I was exchanging time for money and then I met a coach who's like, oh, just increase your monthly fee and offer unlimited coaching, right? No one ever takes you up on it, but there's a greater perceived value in it. Your clients will get more results because they're paying more money. And when we pay, we pay attention. You can support your clients better, but you're not longer having to trade time for money. And I went down that path and sure enough, he was right. I ended up getting to a position where I was charging $10,000 a month Mm -hmm. and I was doing maybe two to three hours a month coaching per client, that 10 grand, right? Per client. Mm -hmm. Yet there was still a limitation, Miranda. There was still a cap and you're going to find this in your business is it will become a time where there's a cap where you're just playing this game of trading time for money. The difference between wealth and profit is that wealth is not limited to the amount of time you can invest in something. It accumulates as a result of time, not because of time. Mm. So what if we started to see that one of the purposes of our business, and, and please understand, I love money. I'm definitely not all about money. Right. I haven't got here being about money, but I do love money and I understand what money does for me and those in my life, right? Those that I employ. What if you started to see that one of the purposes of your business was to create cash flow? Because all cash flow is, is a movement of cash. Think about it. From the client's hand to your hand, from your hand to your employee's hand, to your supplier's hand, from your employee's hand to the person at the gas station to the person that check out, right? From then back to big corp. There's a cycle of money. If you can start to understand that, you can start to understand that part of the cycle that you must introduce if you want to create generational wealth is not that of receive money and give money. It's receive money, give money, invest money.
0: So much you've just shared there, and I wonder if you're all listening now thinking, okay, what's Barry talking about? But also, too, I I see it so often with business owners where it is that time for money, and it's, I need to make more profits so or hire somebody else so I can take on more clients, and it's just another version of the working for cash, generating profit, very, very different to the wealth creation and that whole concept of how can I create something that isn't that time-for-money equation.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting, like one of the companies i have invested in, we're at over 2 million a month in revenue with an incredibly high margin. That That business produces a lot of cash, yet still that cash is being used to diversify and to invest elsewhere. Like a diversified portfolio is like sitting on a stool with four legs. It's stable. Now, regardless of where you're at right now, you might just be the one-man band, that's fine. This, this conversation is still important. If you've implemented the profit-first methodology, like we've shared on so many episodes before, you need to understand that that profit needs to be invested somewhere and not just sat in the bank account. On the bank account, you'll be lucky, lucky if you're earning 3% per annum, right? And with inflation, you're actually losing money. So that profit needs to start being invested into other areas of creating cash flow. And there's a few things that I think sort of share five key tips. The first one is pay yourself first. As the methodology they speak about in The Richest man, Babylon, Robert Kiyosaki talks about it, Prophet First talked about it, Scott Pope, uh, The Barefoot Investor talks about it. Paying yourself first is not paying yourself to pay groceries and petrol. It's paying yourself a percentage of profit that you can reinvest into other, into other income streams, right? Number two, try to get your living expenses, aim, like Grant Cardone talks about 20%. Right? I think anything below like 35%, 40% you know, of your total income as living expenses is a really good place to start. 20% is obviously awesome. Hmm. But try to work out where you, you can, your expenses are less than that. A lot of people, they go and take a pay rise. So what happens? They go buy a better car. They go buy a bigger house. They go and take on board more debt to where all of a sudden this, this increase in income is just covering debt. It's not covering increases of income from other assets. Number three, aim to not lose money ever. Now, this is a difficult one, but you speak to anyone that's accumulated a lot of wealth and they'll tell you that they would be 10 times more wealthier if they didn't invest in the beginning in get-rich-quick schemes and shit that never paid dividends. So educate yourself and just because you see right now that everyone on social media is saying, oh, crypto is making tons of money, don't go and invest your life savings, right, or everything out of your profit account in crypto because everyone online is saying it's easy to make money. Like, do your due diligence and learn about the asset classes you're going to invest in. For me, I've got a very simple rule, Miranda, and that is don't invest in anything you can't, you don't understand. Yeah. And if you do invest in something you don't understand, make sure it's only 10% of what you're able to invest. Now, that 10% in many times has returned a return to good investment for me, but in many times I've lost it, but I could afford to lose it because it was 10%.
0: Yeah, it's like putting money on a poker table, you know, you've never played poker before, you know, that 10 you, you go in and you have some fun and it might pay off and it might not, but yeah. bringing that awareness and those percentages to it uh, gives you a grounding and a safety net.
1: My, my grandfather taught me something that's definitely paid dividends. He said, you've never lost money until you pull it out. He was heavily into shares and he's like, you buy shares, they go up, they go down, but you've never lost money until you pull it out below what you've put in. And three years ago, I had a crypto portfolio that was going gangbusters. had no idea what I was doing. And my partner's like, pull it out. And I was like, no, we're going to be crypto millionaires. I want to land the key. And like, shit, you're not the next month. I I almost lost everything. And I was like, I heard my grandfather say, you haven't lost until you pulled it out. And I sat on it. And I sat on it, sat on it, sat on it. At the start of this year, I pulled it out. And I got more than what it went up to three years ago. But it was because I had the patience to sit on it. Whereas a lot of people invest emotionally around it because they invest what they can't afford yeah. or they invest looking to get rich quick, right? Yes. Number four is invest in assets that produce more cash flow. This is a game changer. There's a client of ours, George Bukowski, who uh, invests in property. He's got a very good process for investing in property. And he blew my mind when he taught me how to buy property. I thought, go and buy a property, sit on it for 10 years and it doubles. That was what I was told growing up. So I bought my first property 10 years later, it ain't gone up at all. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Find property that produces cash flow from day one. Find property that what you're paying for in the loan is less than what you're getting paid in rent and they still exist. Produce cash flow. And if you then also buy them in high growth areas, you double down when the market changes and goes up. Mm. Right? Yeah. So number four is invest in assets that generate cash flow. So, rather than take your first pay rise and go and buy the new ute, or go and you know build a bigger family home, what if you invested then in a property that could generate cash flow? It's going to slow down you getting those cool things that you want, but in six months, twelve months, two years, five years from now, if you if you're patient enough to do that, you'll be generating far more cash than what you know how to do with, and you've then got a diversified portfolio that allows you not to have to
0: work. The strategy makes so much sense. It is so valid and so worthwhile. Like all of these, the key that trips. So many up is the short term versus long term thinking. The complete inability to go without now for a longer term gain. Yeah, it is so so common. Probably more common than any of us wants to admit. It's like you know it goes back to the experiment they did years ago with kids. You know, here's here's, you can have one marshmallow now, or if you wait five minutes, you can have five marshmallows. Now I may have the details slightly off, but you get what I mean. How many kids went for the one marshmallow now? They could not. Understand waiting time to get five marshmallows. It was the the percentage was huge, and this is it's part of human nature. It is you you, if you can get past that and play the long game.
1: We're conditioned and programmed for short-term gratification. Yeah, right. From from a very young age, yeah. Don't fight with your brother, and you'll get some money to go to the shop. We were conditioned from a young age, so it's it's not really our fault. But this is also what got a lot of people investing in coaching and investing themselves. And even clients we get come on, it's like, oh, I nearly invested with you guys two years ago, but. I didn't think I could afford it, right? I didn't know how I was going to pay for it, yet they're still in the same position now. Yeah. It's just got so bad. They're like, I have to do this. They invest the money. Mm-hmm. Good coaching, good mentorship, good education will provide an ROI, but it's your responsibility to find the ROI, not the coaches, okay. not the books. It's your responsibility to find the ROI. So this is where investing in yourself now, like, after I was bankrupt, I spent every cent that I earned on books, on coaches, on mastermind programs, every cent. I hired a coach at, I think it was like three and a half grand a month. I had no money in the bank. I borrowed money to pay for the first month because I just believed that I'd be able to generate return. And I I did tenfold. Number five, the last point is look to get your passive income to exceed your earned income. But right now you're earning a thousand bucks a week, 2000 bucks a week, whatever it is start to look to plan how can you create passive income from investments right shares bonds cryptocurrency property you know investments in other businesses how do you get that leverage or passive income to exceed your earned income because that is freedom that's security and that's long-term generational wealth that you probably didn't have growing up and you have the opportunity to create for your kids And for the future generations to come
0: such valuable valuable tips and guides it does link it back to why are you in business what purpose are you in business are you in there to trade time for money are you in there just to continue that you know hamster wheel or can you see you know a, a want for longer term wealth are you prepared to play the long game and you know, even if you were to take one or, or two of the tips you've heard today and implement those, you're going to be so much further ahead than just doing the do that you're potentially just doing today. Uh, you just look at the how you could just change that trajectory of where you're going. My hand's are going totally in the wrong direction, but I think you guess what I mean.
1: you want to help to get there faster, more profitably, and with a lot less stress and mistakes, uh, reach out to one of the team at Trady Business School and we'd more than happy to jump at a call and if we help you for free, great. If we can help you long-term, great too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Barry.